0: Well, hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Master the NEC, where we talk about the National Electrical Code and all things electrically related. My name is Paul Abernathy, your host, and welcome to the podcast. So today's episode, we're just going to talk a little bit about an application of an, you know, I guess an installation that I went on uh, yesterday. It was a service call. I was asked to come look at some electrical wiring uh, because it's in rural Texas area and they really don't do inspections in the rural areas. So I was asked to go look at it. So I was like, "Hey, I'll go look at it." Uh, it's a. Uh, I do a lot of those where people ask me to come look at other people's work. Uh, you know, um, I guess I own an electrical contracting business, so I'd prefer you to call me to do the work. But again, sometimes I'm not going to do big, big, big projects anymore. I'm too old for that. Uh, so people have me come and look at certain things to make sure it was safe and done right, and blah blah. And they use it to force the you know, electrician to come back and do it right. There's some serious issue. And believe me, I have a little bit of swag in order to be able to get people to come back and fix some things. Otherwise, they can get in some uh, trouble with the state because I don't mind being a snitch, whether you like it or not. Uh, It's all about safety. It's all about doing it right. OK, but I'm, I'm also a realist, so I understand that sometimes things get done and I get it. So I'm not here to be the goody, goody two shoe of every application. I'm just saying I got asked to come out and look at something. So I said, yeah, OK, I do it. It wasn't that bad either because i was only about 15 miles away from my home base here in McKinney, Texas. So I was like, sweet, I'll come look at it for you. All right, so the work was done by a master electrician. At least we'll use that very loosely at this point, although I'm not a bashing guy, so I'll just keep it at that. He was a master electrician. However, there were so many issues in that simple install. It was simply a bonus room, and the electrician actually got down into the panel, so he did good for that. He had kudos. He was able to get it down into the main panel without really disturbing any of the the gypsum board on downstairs. Okay, good Job, you know how to get something from A to B, um, but that's where it's kind of went haywire from there. At least he did run four conductors or an SCR cable to the panel, uh, but also in that panel, there was a real safety issue. Um, it was an issue of 250.245, whereas he had an improper case to neutral connection, in other words, the green screw was in there, obviously, didn't have a separate bar for the grounding um, equipment, grounding conductors. Um, they were all together in one bar, had knockouts, this is a brand new installation, mind you, that they didn't fill the plug-ins, bought all the non-metallic sheet cables and the SER through the same uh, connector, Uh, and it wasn't even a connector, it's just uh, the uh, fitting for PVC piping was stuck in the top, and they bought them all in, again, that would be a violation of uh, 312.5C, but I see a lot, obviously, around obviously the state of Texas, uh, but I would allow things to fall in the top of the panel. So we had that issue. Um, uh, the other issue I had is, again, it didn't bring enough of the non-metallic sheath cable into the panel anyway, and then he immediately hit the bus and cut off the grounding conductors. They were only about an inch and a half long. I mean, that's crazy, right? So when you put in the, the equipment grounding conductor bus, which is required for this Downstream remote distribution panel. Some people call a sub panel. They're not long enough to reach now, so you've got to splice them. And yes, you can't have splices in your panel. It's not a problem, but it's unfortunate because it was a brand new installation. Um, now, this also the electrician ran everything in 12 gauge, even though it didn't need to be. But who cares? That's fine. You know, can always go a little bit bigger. Not a big deal. Um, and so uh, had a bunch of uh, recessed cans that were the LED. Uh, type that you know that were kind of wonky and how he did them. I can't believe it. I hope he didn't charge somebody for this work or maybe he just wasn't finished. Maybe we'll do that uh, in the process. I noticed some splices were obviously in his effort to get down to that panel and fish that SER down there that he nicked and cut up some of the other um, branch circuits that were. Uh, home runs to some of the other circuits out there so obviously that had to be taken care of and uh and some of the splices he had done with open wire nuts and and it kind of jammed them under the floor material i'm like really really um uh, what struck me was that the house was only about 13 years old and there was already some existing crap in that house uh so i had to rework some things and uh uh, gave it a good workout. It's about five hours I was there, not only fixing the panel, but fixing the other stuff and running the circuits to the media aspect because they're going to have a big TV with the media, and and uh, they're going to need some consumption there. So we had to run some circuits over there. Um, uh, so at any rate, long story short, it does not matter whether or not you carry the title of a master electrician or not. It doesn't matter whether you watched our video uh, or listened to our podcast on morals um, and when you go to a job and you leave the job, you know, and there's so many people out there that say, you know, humbug on the national electrical code. It's too restrictive. Look, it's a minimum safety standard. It's what you as an electrician have to hang your hat on. If something goes wrong and at least you follow the minimum safety standard, then you can't have anybody come at you for that. Now you can just do shoddy work. They'll go come after you. Um, but, it still amazes me that in rural counties all over Texas, and I'm sure it's with you all over, you might have inspections or you don't. Uh, and what I find, for example, when I opened up one of the existing boxes up there in order to be able to reroute some of their wiring where they had damaged stuff, I noticed that when they bought the, the wire into the bo- the cable into the boxes, that they used the greeny wire nuts, you know, with the hole in the end for the single equipment ground to come through. Um, that was fine, except for they cut them off only about an inch past the end of the sheathing as it came into the box. I mean, who can work with that? You know, we need six inches of free conductor from the point of the cable enters the box. That's even on the equipment grounding conductor. We need that, okay? You can tuck that back in a the box. There's no way somebody can work on that effectively. So it's just, it was just a mess. And it Electricians obviously have enough wire there. Why would you even do that? but I see it all the time. So to me, it's lack of training, lack of going through a proper schooling. Um, You learn in the field. You learn. See, we learn mistakes from other people if they don't understand that what they're doing is a mistake. Uh, And it's sad. Again, it's not me banging on my chest saying I'm, I'm super electrician. These are fundamental things, okay, that you should do morally when you're doing it. Do it right. The code gives us the requirements in order to require all these things. So I don't understand why people would just half-ass it, if you will. I mean, again, we're talking about electricity. It, It can burn buildings down, okay? It is a hazard to people if you don't install it under the guidelines of the minimum safety standard. So anyway, so if you're a master electrician out there, all right, commercial moment for all of you to say, Paul, it wasn't going to be long before you did a commercial. Yep, I know, I know, I hear my haters out there. Um, If you really need to understand the NEC, if you really, really, really need to, and it doesn't matter how much you think you know, you always can learn more or learn from somebody else's perspective. We have probably the most extensive interactive course out there available on our MasterTheNEC.com website, and that is The Ultimate Guide to the NEC. That is an interactive. You get to be with me every week for two hours. We, we discuss what you've done the previous week as far as your curriculum and what you're moving through the course, uh, all the exams that you take, the summaries, and everything that you do. We're there to help you learn it, and it's a 90-day course. Of course, you get access to Cengage's complete library of documents for four months. That's amazing in itself. They have so many electrical theory books that you can read, transformer books, uh, residential academy called a House Waring, uh that, that is published by the Residential Construction Academy. That's that's uh, created by a guy named Greg Fletcher. Um, you got the books for residential commercial that are produced by Phil Simmons. Um, it, it's just a, an amazing collection of work that's included in our ultimate guide to the NEC. Um, so, but you got our course. You've got ninety days to complete it, and we're gonna walk you through. It every week we have a one on one. Okay, Um, so that's something if you're interested in, you really need to learn the National Electrical Code. If you have trouble passing inspections, or if you're an inspector and you're like, God, I'm a plumbing guy and a mechanical guy, but I really need to learn the NEC better, this is the course for you. You do it at your own pace, spend two hours a night, uh, but you've got 90 days to move through it. And each week we're going to talk about what you should have studied the week prior so that we can make sure that we answer any questions or I can do some detailed explanations or even walk you through some of the tips on how to use the course to your best maximum benefit. Uh, and that's what I do because there's so much information in that course. So if you want more information on that, obviously we have videos on it. Uh they're very detailed and long-winded like most of my stuff, but go listen to it or watch it, you can learn something. But visit our website, ask questions. Um we're excited to bring that program. Anyway, so you know, I went out on this job and you know and I'm not the most expensive at this Stage in my career when it comes to the little stuff that I'll do as an electrical contractor. I'm I'm 85 an hour. That's no secret to anybody. Um, And uh, you know, I put about five hours of work into it, getting this place to where I felt it was code compliant, uh, and it would have been okay. Um, And uh, you know, of course, you know, like anybody, you got to put your blinders on because I see so many other issues in this building that I'm thinking, God. If I could spend a, I could spend a week. Why should I have to spend a week in a building that, that was that was uh, built 13 years ago? Now, why? Well, to be honest with you, I am pretty sure there was no inspections ever done on that building because they don't require them in in the. Uh, uh, rural areas out in the country and it could be one mile from the big city but it's still out in the country so they don't have inspections now that's not the same all over the country now when i was back in virginia we have a county inspections city inspections uh, it's a little different everything's generally incorporated out there to have inspections but in texas it's pretty darn rural out there uh, which is scary i'm not gonna lie the stuff that i saw yesterday and the stuff that i routinely see i thought i saw bad stuff when i was in virginia Uh, Moving out here, man, I see some shoddy crap that gets done, and I'm sitting there shaking my head going, really? Um, And the funny part about it is the master electrician that that wired this building was doing it for a friend uh, who's also the head electrician of a large corporation, which is also extremely scary. OK, um, I just makes you cringe at what probably gets done every day. Now, the deal here was I believe he's probably a commercial or an industrial electrician to try to do residential. I give so many people that call me and say, you know, residential is not really electrical work. It's so basic that that I'm a commercial guy and I do big pipe bending and all that. And I laugh and I go, yeah, that's your realm of what you do. But let me throw you in a residential and realize that, for example, I'm sure that 210.52 when it comes to spacing and everything will blow your mind because you're not used to that as a commercial guy, okay? I can learn to bend pipe, okay? I can learn to do box fill. I can learn to look at a blueprint. Sometimes in a residential, you have to freely think about your layout. You have to to think, okay, this stuff's going to get covered up. I need to make sure that I do this right. Most of the commercial stuff, it's exposed. Uh, unless, obviously, if it's in the walls, different. But I'm talking just general. You have some leeway there. You follow the drawings. You, you stick to what the engineer designed. Uh, whether you're doing an as-build or whatever, that's different. But residential, man, don't knock it. If you've never done it, and I used to do a lot of large Multi million dollar homes early in my career, I kind of. They were these these mega homes uh, that were 15,000 square feet. And I loved those because there was a lot of money in it. Whereas I didn't make any money on the little uh, spec homes, which are twelve hundred square foot spec homes. I mean, God, you're all competing and nobody's making any money. I mean, I, yeah, you can make some money, but you know, everybody's fighting for that low hanging fruit. I went after the big stuff, um, but that was just my own business model, and. But it, you know, for me, I progressed more into teaching. And so that's where my passion really was. So I still did electrical. And I had guys that worked for me, but I was really the teaching thing. So I couldn't put my hands on it. So ultimately, I ended up selling that portion of the business and I moved, obviously, into teaching stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, that was my experience yesterday. And I'm sure you've experienced it. And you shake your head, you scratch your head. But here's the thing make it right. If you get called out to do a specific job, do the right thing. Make it right. Morals come into play. I looked in that panel and I said, you know what? Why is that green screw in there? And why are those grounding, uh, equipment grounding conductors and grounded neutral conductors all sharing the same bus? Why do I have open knockouts and it's a brand new installation? Why did I bring all the, why did this guy bring all of these cables through one opening? Okay. Okay. it, you, you, all these things go through your mind. Uh, and then you start looking around and say, what was the logic to what this, this person laid out? Um, so don't be that guy. Do it right. Okay. Make sure you communicate with the owners that they get it right. Because when I talked to these people after I got there, they weren't happy with anything. And I said, well, did you tell the guy where to put everything? Well, yeah, but, but he didn't really interact with us. Okay, that's a problem. Because I want you to be happy. I want you to get what you got the first time and make it right. Uh, Even if you're in an area that's not getting inspections, you still need to do it like you're getting inspections. So let me give you an example. In Texas, even though in a county you don't have inspections requirements, if there's ever an issue and the state gets involved, then you have a couple gentlemen that work for the state, which are good friends of mine, uh, Jerry and Larry, sounds like a tag team duo there, right? They will come out and look, and if you violated the most current statute of the code in your installation, they're going to come all down on you, my friend, and Texas don't play. So it is kind of weird that you have no inspections out in the county, but um, or no inspection divisions in the counties, but you do for the municipalities. Um, This just seems a little weird to me in Texas. Also, what I also, it's just funny. Here's what I also find weird. Is that you have all these rural counties all over Texas that doesn't require inspections, electrical inspections. However, the International Association of Electrical Inspectors is actually located in Texas. And that is the leading authority on electrical inspectors. (laughs) But you don't have inspection requirements. And it's not their fault. I'm just saying I find that kind of funny. I just, I do. I'm just... My weird humor finds that kind of funny. Um, but I love the IAI um, and uh, the International Association of Electrical Inspectors. Great outfit. Totally support it. I think a lot of their inspectors would benefit from our program on the Ultimate Guide to the NEC. I think it would make their job better as an inspector because it they will remove their stress. I don't know how many people I come into, inspectors around the country. I'm traveling all over the country teaching seminars or, or in classes, engineering teaching classes or, or, or just for my companies. And I can tell you right now, they stress the code. They all say to me, I oh, wish I knew the code better. I wish I knew the code better. Well, this is the kind of course that we have that we'll teach them. But your stress is so high. If you understand the code, you understand how to navigate it, you know what the terminologies mean, you know how to look for things in it. You know how to lay out your code, right? You remove that stress, and now you just got to execute the work. And then do the work properly, neatly, all right? That's the amazing thing to me. Anyway, maybe that's just me. All right, guys, that was just a kind of a podcast on my experience the other day. I hate walking into garbage, but I walk into garbage all the time, sadly. Um, Don't let that be your garbage, that I walk into because I will call your ass out. I ain't lying. So anyway, love you guys. I thank y'all for listening to our podcast. Um, be sure to send us emails about episodes that you want to hear. I mean, we want to get feedback from you. I, I, I want you to tell me if you want an episode on a certain topic, then we'll do it. Okay. Is something in the code you want me to talk about? We'll do it. Um, you want more information on our programs that we offer? I'll do it. So until next time, folks, stay safe. God bless. looking bright